Epic Gumdrop, sweeter than medical intervention for near-fatal finger-flicking injuries. This week, we continue our look at the multitude of board games representing sports. Check out the show notes for the link to our detailed show page or listen to other episodes in this series. This is part three of 9,000. Hello, Jeff. Hello, James. Last episode, we did not get through very many sports, but this time we're going to barrel roll through a bunch of sports with less cardboard representation over at BoardGameGeek. While we won't go as history deep this time, we'll share some of the interesting titles that popped out from the oceans of dexterity games. I'm very excited that we're going to move past a letter this time. B. (laughs) Like, I feel like... I can't believe this is part three. When I was writing this, I was uh, was like, come on. Part three, and it's like, what letter are we on again? B. B. Oh, yeah. It turns out uh, people like the sports and the board games, and they like to... It's like the... The peanut butter and chocolate. You got billiards on my board game. You got your board game on my billiards. (laughs) Is that board game billiards? Oh, look at that. That's the topic. (laughs) Billiards, snooker, pool, whatever you want to call it. I guess they... Technically all three different things. Yeah, technically. But for some people, they're all pretty much the same thing. Considering we're talking about board games, they're technically none of these things. That's right. (laughs) If you want to get really technical. Yes. First up is a game I think of as being about as board gameable as badminton. Billiards or, yeah, snooker, pool, whatever. It might work best as miniature form of as a dexterity game, but it's a game that begs for literal representation. Uh, we don't have snooker, the RPG, or billiards, the bluffing game. We have a wooden table, long-pointed sticks, chalk, and small solid spheres to knock around. Okay, but now I want snooker, the role-playing game. Don't you? Where you, like, are developing, you're trying to become, like, snooker champion. Yeah, I think that that could, with all, you're making your roles, you're developing your skills. Yeah. I love it. I can't help but just think of that Mitchell and Webb uh, sketch where they play uh, snooker commentators, and they're just, (laughs) Mitchell is just just drunk the whole time, just slurring his words, and that, to me, seems like what snooker must be about. (laughs) So snooker, the RPG, is just about, you know, how wasted is your character? That's one of the class levels. You can have saving throws against the alcohol you're intentionally consuming. <laughs> saving throws. The only game in this family with a rank in the BGG database, which means it received enough people giving it votes to even be ranked at all, is 1970's Paddle Pool, <laughs> also known by its later streetwise name, Battle Ball. Milton that, Br- that is a better name. Well, Milton Bradley, you know, they put that title out, which... That they needed to, you know, up their game a little bit. Paddle pool is a little weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, although the game basically feels like a larger inverted version of Hungry Hungry Hippos, which had been published about three years earlier, and you know, it was also Milton Bradley. Right. In terms of having anything to do with pools, snooker, billiards, uh, well, there's a ball and there's a pocket. There's also a hinged paddle at the pocket for shooting with and up to four players. So essentially nothing like those sports whatsoever. I'm still confused as to how you play this actual game. Imagine like, you know how Hungry 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 Hippo, you hit the thing and the hippo grabs the balls? Yes. This one, you got like a weird hinged paddle at the actual pocket and you you don't, I think, let the ball in. So you're flicking the balls away, uh, attempting to score the balls in the other player's it's daft it's it's pocket soccer it's it's daft Uh, yeah it's daft i think that's the only word i like that yeah because if you'd said like weird or crazy or odd none of those work no but daft just misthought battle ball like you need to pick up a pint not live up to battle ball you need to pick up a pint and go that's daft yeah that's and that's all you need to know about this yeah it depends what your your liquor to play ratio is on this one (laughs) i think it have to be pretty high to be fun but is there a game to represent this this board, you know, this whole sport in a board game form in a more abstracted way? 
How do you capture the essence of the game, the smell of spilled lager, the stench of fear over being thrashed by that shark you mistakenly placed a hefty wager with? Wait, this just in? 1988 brought us Snookard. This rather incredible description tells us that it's <laughs> a card game based on the table snooker ball game. Each player starts with seven card bean bracket balls. The top card ball from the deck is turned over and becomes the option card ball. A player then takes either an option card ball or the top card from the deck and then places a card on top of the option card ball. A player may then make a break. A minimum break consists of a white card ball, red card ball, and a colored card ball, followed by the rules of snooker. As the red card balls are played, they're placed in the pockets of the snooker card box. Later, the colored balls will also be played in these pockets. A player replenishes back to seven cards. A scoreboard is also provided. The winner of the frame is the player with the highest number of points when the final black is potted there are also special cards miscue snooker foul safety shot and free ball and if i'm being honest i didn't understand a word of that no i feel like just hearing that description i feel like i could uh, design and build my own snooker table and play that with friends before that i could uh make them understand the rules of this game or enjoy it yes this this i feel like i should get a copy of this just to make my friends play (laughs) and just the whole time just talk confidently like i know what i'm like no 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 no. you gotta take the snook ball the yeah. card ball, the card ball, the card ball. Come on, yeah, snook card. Also, snook card. Snook card. I just, I can't even. When you get, when you play snook card, and you got your card ball. Okay, guys, follow me. You know, and that's uh, like whenever anything happens, because I'd be making up the rules with my friends. I'd be like, nah, I'm sorry, it's not working out. That's what happens when you play snook card. <laughs> it's. It sounds. Yeah. It's. It's. It was out there. I read that and I went, "What?" I'm like, I'm. I'm bad with rules, but I'm not that bad. <laughs> Uh, there was something about players and points. There may, may or may not have been cards involved. I think we, we established that. It's not sticking. And to be fair, I'm not sure I even understand Snooker, but the point is that I'm impressed that someone came up with something that isn't a dexterity game or a pale imitation of the actual thing. It isn't rated very highly, <laughs> but I like that it exists in its own weird way. It's like a thought exercise come to life. Gone wrong. Yes. Crashed off the railings, off a cliff. It's still falling. With card balls. Yeah, card balls, card balls everywhere. Oh, I kind of wonder if the the falling cost of uh, billiards tables tables over the decades uh, affected attempts to board game this. Like a beautiful billiards table will set you back a few dollars, but I'm sure you can get a used one inexpensively. Uh, especially if you've ever been asked to help a friend move one, you know how cheap they can go for. Hey, anybody want to buy this thing? It's like like fifty bucks. Like I just don't want to move this thing again. They heavy. They are so heavy. So yeah, I don't know. Why would you want to play this in board game form? I don't know. Yeah. I think there's, you know, I'm a firm believer that there's a compelling version of anything hmm. in board game form. It's if you abstract it enough or... So far, that's played out. Yeah, but it looks like, yes, billiards, snooker, it Might be pool. hitting the wall. There has to be a way. There has to be a way. No, no, don't don't go down this rabbit hole. I'm job. thinking I'm thinking of a deck building game where you're trying to build the best trick don't, shot. Don't go down this pocket. You're going to be lost yes. forever. I'm, let me just grab a pint. I'll catch up with you later. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you got like the option between, you know, a small plastic toy or the heft of the real deal. Uh, maybe back when adults hung around the pool table next to the well-stocked bar in the wood paneled basement, you had to yell at the kids to go back to playing their little, you know, inexpensive, crummy plastic billiards upstairs. But since that version of reality branched off into its own time stream back in the 70s, it's no longer a concern. And I think people will just go to a pool hall instead of pulling this out. You know, a games room, if you will. A games room, right. I mean, there might be bikers and other weird elements there, but... Okay, so you make a very compelling argument for why billiards, pool, snooker, Hmm. you, you don't need a good home version because there's already the ultimate home version. What if we moved on to a sport that you can't play very well at home, you can't replicate at home? 
Well, you can try, but you will probably cause a lot of property damage and not be mm -hmm. able to sell your home mm -hmm. uh, because bowling. Yeah. yeah. Although I'm already skeptical right. with this one. Uh, this seems like another sport that isn't so much a board gameable as it is easy to turn into a cheap plastic toy. But let's reserve that judgment for just okay. a minute. The top-ranked game in this category belongs to uh, games legend Sid Saxon, Bowling Solitaire. This game appeared in his 1969 book, A Gamut of Games. The game is played in 10 rounds. You like that name? I, just, I love when uh, the comic book world and the board game world can converge hmm. and it's like everyone's hey how much alliteration can we cram into this I, i'm going with g's but you know what i'm more apt to pick up a book called a gamut of games than i am a book called here is a bunch of games it's true yeah games you'll enjoy a cornucopia of card games bowling solitaire and other fun <laughs> This one does sound really fun, though. The game is played in 10 rounds. There's 10 places for pin cards and two for ball cards. So the pin cards are laid out in like an inverted pyramid with 10 pin bowling setup. Right. Uh, the ball cards are placed in piles on the right by, uh, you know, under the draw deck. And uh, the challenge is that there are only 10 pin placements in 13 card ranks. So you will place the cards from the smallest at the bottom to the largest up at the top. You then try to fill in the remainder of the pin piles. Um, this means that three of the card ranks will not fit into the pin piles. Mm. So to get a strike, you need to fill all those spaces in before placing any cards in the first ball pile. To score a spare, you need to fill the pin piles before placing a card in the second ball pile. And the round will end when you have filled uh, each of the ball piles with three cards. So if you've, you just couldn't do it. Right. Done. I really like this. Once I understood it, I yeah. was like, wow, that's super simple, thematic. It makes and solitaire actually and, better. And repeatable. Totally. Yeah. Like I, I thought I haven't played solitaire for a billion years and I was like, I've, I like this. I would, mm -hmm. I would play this. This sounds like a good one when you're, when you're camping. Exactly. And your, your iPhone's run out of juice. You just got a deck of cards. <laughs> you got a deck of cards. That's why Sid Saxon is a gaming legend because mm -hmm. of things like that. Like, Oh, Hey, let's just reinvent another solitaire version. That's so much better than all of them. Yeah. So my theory that there's no good bowling games is immediately tossed in the gutter. That's huh. just, I see what you did there. Oh, because that's where bad ideas go with the rain and the drunks and the... Right? Exactly. Is that what you're going with? Out, out back with the garbage. Yeah. Yeah. There was no allusion to anything. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. No. Okay, no. good. Good. We're on the same page. When we look a little closer to tabletop bowling games, we immediately come to realize that modern bowling is based on a very old game known as Skittles. It originates in the 1700s and goes by many names. Uh, Devil Amongst the Tailors, Bar Skittles, Table Skittles, Indoor Skittles. Originally, it involved nine pins standing up in a formation, and the players would swing a little ball tied on a string to attempt to knock them down. A newer variant is seen in pubs, uh, known as hood skittles, where players attempt to knock down pins set up in a little table surrounded by leather cushioning uh, with these, what they call cheeses. And I'm assuming these are either wooden or rancid. rancid yeah. yeah, I don't know. Depends on the quality of the bar you're in, I, I think. I think so. Why does this have bite marks in it? Games that go under the title of Skittle Bowl rank number two in the BGG bowling list. And uh, this diversion was interesting and a nice buffer from the number three rank of bowling games, Bowl and Score. And the description reads as follows. This very simple game consists of 10 regular dice with a picture of a bowling pin on one side and blanks on the other five. Players roll all the dice. Any blanks are set aside and represent the number of pins knocked down with the first ball. The remaining dice are rolled and scored the same way. This represents one frame. Players will take turns for 10 frames. Score is figured just like regular bowling. And at this point, I blacked out for a while while the overwhelming number of dice-based or miniature pin bowling games just rolled over me. When Jeff woke me up with smelling salts, I screamed loudly about not wanting to have to talk about games like bowling for zombies. And yes, it has three exclamation marks, presumably to differentiate it from the less shouty bowling zombies or versions like nun bowling or bowling <laughs> dice. 
which means I immediately began swinging at Jeff, which he mistook for wild aggression, but which I used as an indicator that it was time to look at boxing games. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. No, <laughs> I just, I can't even imagine doing that dice rolling bowling game with my kids and them having time. Like it. No, it, no. You know, <laughs> it, it, all those games should be called statistical analysis. <laughs> they should all just be called go play bowling solitaire. It's better than all the rest. <laughs> After you get that one, you're like, yeah, no, that's, there's a reason why that's the best one out of these and the rest are, oh, wow. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the best way to simulate a sport where the objective is not getting cauliflower ear? With cards, of course. Cards. 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 Good guess, Jeff. Thank you. Dice cards. No cards. No cards. Because it says it right on the sheet. Cards. (laughs) Yes. All of the top ranked games in the boxing family of board games use this uh, in various ways. There's Jab, real-time boxing, which is put out in 2011. That's the leader. It's uh, an interesting attempt at capturing the feel of the sport. Jab is a skill-centric strategic boxing card game. In Jab, you get direct control over your boxer's fist, providing an experience as close as possible to real boxing without getting punched in the face. Jab is played in real time, meaning there are no turns. Jab attempts to innovate the real-time genre by challenging a player to be constantly making decisions rather than simply recognizing patterns or performing calculations. The game also measures your ability to calmly manage your focus in a chaotic situation. And this chaotic real-time game seems to capture the spirit of the sport. Like I, I like that yeah. idea. No turns. That's true because uh, in a in a boxing match, it's not like the first guy goes, "Okay, I'm going to throw my punch, yeah. and you're going to counter that, exactly. and then you're going to throw your punch." Do you have any defensive moves, Mike? You want to yeah. play those now? Yeah, no? please get off of me. So that's that's one way to go. Is there another way? Uh, the next up, there's the more meditative title bout. This is 1979. You can guess where this one's going. Avalon Hills, card-driven sports game of professional boxing. Play with over 500 current as of 1979 and up to 1990. And all-time great boxers for each weight division. Create tournaments, arrange fantasy matchups, and title bouts. Ali versus Marciano? That can happen in this game. The game can simulate a bout of 10, 12, or 15 rounds. There are TKOs, injuries, and KOs. Different card strategies can be employed to influence each bout as well. So this is a lot like the uh, football and baseball card games. Like the, all the Avalon Hill staples yes. from the 1960s and 70s. Yeah, this they went let's go real yeah avalon hill where math comes to play yeah exactly because it's card driven Mm -hmm. it sounds less statistically dense than the other ones right um i don't remember what the playtime was but i'm guessing it was under four days (laughs) um so it has that advantage it has that advantage but you know instead of driving through a pile of variations on this uh let's talk about one of the nicest looking boxing games it's called knockout from 2014 and uh, from designer frederick moyerson and the art carter was by brett mitchell it's phenomenal it's another card based game it uses a gridded board with little boxers to represent the match i'm not sure how the mechanics of the game play out but has an evocative visual appeal as uh, well above the rest it looks more like a graphic novel than a boxing game this is one we looked at before mm-hmm. this it, and it is was pretty it's so good and, but yet dark and moody yeah yeah was it uh sandman was that the 90s yeah very sandman yeah the painted covers of sandman yeah yeah just has a really I don't know. It just makes you feel... The the kind of cards where you could get lost staring at the card in your hand for a while and then be like, oh, wait, I'm playing a game. I think in almost all of these, it was the only cover I saw where I went, ooh, Mm -hmm. that looks... I'll play that without judging it. (laughs) Outside of that, though, mm, (laughs) now that I've sustained yet another board game-related head injury, it's time to move on to a less violent sport. Oh, and what would be uh, less violent? Well, wait, I said less violent. Okay, pass me my headgear. We're going a few more rounds. We're going to do combat sports, martial arts. 
And uh, But wait again, the first game up is not about me getting kicked in the teeth. It's a fencing game. And because this has so far been a Reiner Knizia free episode, we must also now <laughs> remedy that. Uh, legally obligated. Top-ranked game in this category is Knizia's On Guard, 1993. The description promises that we will experience the thrill of fencing, board game style. In this two-player game, tactic skill and a little bit of luck will determine the best fencer. Teach yourselves the concepts with the basic game, test yourselves with the standard game, and challenge yourselves with the advanced game. Cards fly back and forth as fencers attack and parry repost. Who will be bold enough to attack first? Is it possible to win with that initial attack, or has your opponent beguiled you into an attack while waiting to mount a parry repost? On Guard is a very dramatic game, strategically rich yet easy to learn and play. Three levels of rules are included in the game. It's basically a really light card game with a yep. small little board uh, representing the spaces between the players that you can move uh, as they jockey for ground until they finally attack. Uh, looks Actually, it doesn't look bad. It looks fun. Yep. It looks super light. And if you're looking for it now, it was re-implemented as Duel. Duel with two L's, spelled the German way, in 2004. Hmm. Um, I, I just want to say one thing. Uh, one thing I love whenever we bring up Reiner Knizia mm -hmm. is you never know what year it's going to be. It's true. It's such a long career. Oh, it's you know, is it is it going to be one of the old old ones from the back catalog? Is it going to be something he put out? You know before breakfast one day in yeah. 2012 like it's true you never know even with the sports fund if you yeah. uh you look at his list as a designer and you filter by sports, sports. as a family there's so many games and yeah it's all over the map yep i think he had a very busy period in the early 90s though oh for sure yeah like that was just explosive yeah, like the first board game explosive period he woke yeah. up and just board games poured out mm -hmm. of his head every day so yeah duel looks kind of fun uh mm -hmm. then there's some in the category which seems so absurd that i laughed out loud as is the case with dice quando nope <laughs> so bad no nope. i was like what nobody could have no like, they did they with, did it with a name like that you know the gameplay is going to be pretty formulaic <laughs> Oh, roll dice highest wins yay dreadful uh that was 2001 or with plastic minis in sumo 2000 i i <laughs> don't know uh or the action-based figures of rock'em sock'em robots from 1967 or karate men from 1975 you didn't even do that title justice no for how it is how, it how is many spelled. a's in spaces that is what is there three oh there's only three a's and three hyphens in the middle you know it'd be great if you just pronounced it Car uh, uh, eight men, <laughs> eight men. That's yeah, true. Uh, why oh. did that car eat the guys? <laughs> and you say that's from 1975. What? Yeah, I know. They it, very uh, Steve Austin minifigure looking <laughs> dudes is very much around, like based on that. Yet it's not all absurdity. Uh, there's games like Dojo Kun 2015. They even employ worker placement as a mechanic for training with dice used for combat at 60 to 90 minutes. It's certainly no dexterity game. And uh, since this category shows us it has much more to offer than a bunch of racial stereotypes, although mostly that, though, you know, there's probably tons buried. Uh, let's move on. Is there a sport that I think you could define as the most popular sport in North America? I think you could. Would uh, you call it? I, I go with cricket. Mm, definitely yeah yes. most people are uh, well I, I just remember Sunday watching cricket. watching the world cup taking place in australia not too long ago yeah well we often have to record it and watch it all yes it's, if the the top ranked cricket game armchair cricket 1981 is the finest this sport has to offer then i think we need to talk to the ministry of innovation <laughs> uh despite how thrilling it sounds i'm suspect captures all the excitement of the real game whether limited overs test matches or knockabout beer matches players take turns batting and bowling at each other using a unique scoring system based on the specially designed playing cards i have no clear understanding of cricket and i also have no clear understanding of what makes that game fun 
it doesn't they don't really it's just you're literally like armchair cricket mm-hmm. um i i and you love when the blurb doesn't tell you at all how the game is played. They're just like, it's so real and it uses cards. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's probably more, I'm, I mean, honestly, we're, I'm totally ignorant about cricket. I mean, yeah. I get the basic concept, but yeah, it's not a sport that appeals to me. But I would wager that cricket aficionados find themselves more engaged by international cricket 1985, uh, which is described as a great replay cricket game in the same spirit as Stratomatic. The game is still produced under license from o- o- Ozit Games. Ozit? I don't know. O W Z A T. I'm just shaking my head. And a new and new sets of play cards are created to supplement the game from recent years to historical series. Without doubt, it is the best ball by ball replay cricket game available. And unlike many of the bigger name uh, quick quickies over the 30 to 40 years, it has astounding replay value, an active online community, and host and a host of great uh, add-ons, including weather and pitch packs, domestic teams, and the above mentioned yearly updates. Uh, and with a yeah. 100, 120 minute game time, I'm totally. I believe they are not bluffing on this one. Cool. So you can finish the game in much quicker time than the actual game. Yeah. What does a game of cricket run? A, d- a day. Is it? It's a day. Isn't it an all day thing? They measure it by lunar cycle. Again, we're just showing our ignorance here. Uh, it's true. No, yes. I, I really. But you know what? We're North American. We own our ignorance. Well, <laughs> is that is that what we do? I don't know. Is that or we? Well, we don't have a lot of choices. Yeah, like the other choice would be to get educated and find out true. things. So I'm pretty sure we're gonna go with owning arguments all right well let's say you don't like the all the detail uh you might be more inclined to play uh subateo cricket 1949 a dexterity game based on subateo which was originally about football soccer little minis finger flicking while a lot of these titles seem fairly similar there's a commonality with every sport we've looked at uh let's go back to the first cricket title listed in the board game geek with a title like how's that you're 1900 and a bunch of counters and dials i wasn't even sure i was looking at a cricket game until i zoomed in and saw two tiny bats on the box cover it's one of the most modest looking sports games i've ever seen although cricket might not be a massive north american sport it's popular worldwide which leads me to believe there's probably some other interesting and innovative cricket board games hiding out there somewhere australia's probably got a bunch india's got a bunch england's got tons hiding in a basement uh, everyone's, you know, maybe just outdoors enjoying playing cricket. That's possible. It, I don't know. That's possible. So yeah, anyway, that was, uh, there was some underwhelming options. With See, this but one. that you're right. Cricket's a sport that is played by uh, a lot of countries around the world. Mm. So Canada's not very good at it. That's true. What we, what it we would... really need to do is talk about a sport that's only played by very few nations in the world. Mm. Uh, very pale nations, mostly. You need ice. We're oh, going to go with a game that you need ice. Okay. And you need one shoe that's slippy and one shoe that's not slippy. Oh, this sounds like a nightmare. So when I go to the shoe store, yep. I've got to ask them for that. One slippy shoe. No, you can actually get a thing to put on to make a shoe oh, slippy. Oh, perfect. Uh, and, and you have to bring your own broom. <laughs> as, as some of you in Canada might have guessed. Yes. <laughs> We're going to talk about curling. Oh, I'm so excited about uh, this. Now, this is a sport I definitely only expected to see in finger-flicking dexterity form. Uh, while the top-ranked curling game in BGG does not hold true to this, uh, it also employs the unexpected theme of prehistory. Caveman curling, 2010. How? Really? Okay. Because obviously, yeah. You know, yeah. like... Uh, I would not have guessed caveman curling. I would not have guessed a, a dual-themed curling game, but okay. Well, if you think what's going to make sense if you're going to make uh, a caveman sports game, mm-hmm. you're gonna, you got frozen ice and stones. That makes sense. Uh, but this one has nice art and looks like a fun dexterity game if you're looking for one. Um, the remainder of this family of sports looks like very subtle variations on a theme until you get to hurry hard. No, no, you didn't say that right. It's hurry hard. Oh, that was yeah. the, the curler in you came out. Yep. The curling card game. From, 
Do I need to remind you that I won the uh, BC <laughs> High School B level <laughs> curling championship? What? Yeah. So, oh my God! Can I get? Can you, can you sign my chest? Uh, yeah, I could, but you know, I don't want to hurt my rock throwing hand. Wow. Yeah, that's something. That is a true fact. That I guess that is a true fact. That's, that's, that now everyone knows. Wow. Yeah. So you enjoyed curling. I enjoyed curling. Curling is really good. It's a great. See, my problem. I'm. Uh, I'm athletically minded. I want to play sports. Mm-hmm. I want to excel at sports. Yeah. But I'm not athletically gifted. No. And curling does not punish you for not being athletically. This gifted. is true. Yes. Yeah. Like if you watch the was it the Briar? Yeah. Or yeah. Big, the Briar. The big, we, like we, you, you. The World go, Championships ah. just ended with uh, Canada winning again. Wow. Well, actually, it ended a three-year drought for Canada not winning gold, <laughs> and we just won gold again. <laughs> But still, uh, yeah, I'm just saying. This is Canada. Canada. Show up if you want to win. And no. if you don't want, if you don't are going to win, don't show don't up. Don't show up. Exactly. No. We only care about winners. Yeah. No, Canada. Unless you get a personal best. Hockey but, and curling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Here's your blue ribbon. And curling is a great sport. Good fact. Because curling know. is basically a board game in sports form already. It kind of is. There's no contact. There's timeouts and strategy. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, and that's why when you think this game, like I immediately thought, oh, okay, yeah. there's going to be a million really interesting little strategic mm-hmm. dexterity games based on this. Mm-hmm. I suppose when it was a card game, I was like, what? No, this is one of those ones I actually want to be a dexterity yes. game. But let, um, let's hear about the curling card game from 2012. It's a fun, fast-paced card game suitable for curling fans of all ages. Grab your teammates and take on your fiercest rivals to decide once and for all who really rules the ice. Or go head-to-head against fellow curler to determine who will be king of the rings. Playable by two, four, six, or even eight players. Hurry hard! Recreates all the action of the ice in fun, easy-to-learn card game. Players take turns throwing guards, draws, or takeouts. Your teammates can then improve the impact of your throw, including through the play of the powerful sweeping card to help get your rock a little closer to the button watch out though your opponents can also affect your throw the timely play of a miss the broom card can ruin an end is that what they call a goal an end is each round unless you have a plan b card in reserve after the player with the hammer throws the last rock the score for the end is calculated the same as in real curling based on whose rocks are closest to the button then a new end begins for non-curlers the rules explain not just how to play the game but also the basic terminology to help you understand the game of curling itself for curlers the game has been well balanced to reward real curling strategy deciding when to throw a guard or when to come into the rings can make the difference between scoring a big end or giving up a steal just as with real curling though no matter how good your strategy you still need to make your throws i I thought i'd read the whole thing for you because i thought yeah jeff will appreciate this one i I think it'll be improved if they came out with an expansion that's called whoa whoa right off what does that mean that's when you stop sweeping uh yeah yeah, I love all the the hammer, the hammer. They make it sound awesome. The end. Would you rather be holding the hammer or guy throws it last? Sounds like Minecraft. Yes. <laughs> yeah, as as people probably know, every time there's a major sporting event in Canada, I'm forcibly exiled from the country for my lack of uh, curling knowledge. I can't gauge the game, but you sound, you think it sounds all right? It sounds like it sounds good. Yeah. I don't know how you replicate that in card yes. form. Yes. There's but it a, could work. It's they, they used all the right words and it made it seem like <laughs> curling is about choices yeah. and when to be aggressive and when to not be aggressive. But it's also about making mistakes. And I don't know how you replicate that, the being perfect or yeah. making up for a bad position with a spectacular shot, which was my which was my forte yeah. uh, when I played back in the day. I don't know if it's just about, yeah, you maybe sometimes don't have choices or uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I don't like the idea out. that your opponent can play a want want card on you. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem. I, I'm not sure how that. There is a gameplay video that the publisher okay. did. Uh, I'll link to that. So if people are interested, even what is this curling you speak of, you can go and watch that. 
James, that's what you play when it gets cold and the water has frozen into ice. This is true. Is there something maybe that we could do when the ice is unfrozen? Drown. Yes. I guess we could also do fishing or angling. You can't fish at a curling rink. I don't know why you're thinking that. (laughs) (laughs) That's ridiculous. Basketball. That's what you're talking about? I just walked you right into it and I enjoyed it so much. (laughs) You're a terrible person. Yep. Fishing, angling. Fishing slash angling. Slash angling. We talked about this. I think they're essentially the same thing. What is the difference? I don't don't, know. I don't know if there is. I, I looked it up a while ago and I think there isn't. I think I thought there was a difference. I don't think there really is a Angling difference. Angling is just something people came up with so they could justify spending more money on the it, equipment. It sounded cooler. I'm an angler. Yeah, well, it sounds yeah. like you're doing golf trajectories. I don't right. know. Uh, when I play golf, I do a lot of angling. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, and sadly, there's never been any games designed for this category, except the 150-plus titles that uh, place it in the top 10 of uh, sports board games. Wow. Which I... Or number 10 spot in the, yeah. in the top 10. The top rank one, Fleet, from uh, year 2012, even has a non-fisherman and all-around vegan like me intrigued. Hmm. In the northwest corner of Nunavut, Canada, a formerly inaccessible bay off the Arctic Ocean has become reachable through a secret inlet. Untouched by the hands of time and fed by both the ocean and fresh water springs, Ridback Bay is teeming with sea life. A remote, timeless bayside village is now being inundated by entrepreneurs awaiting the influx of the world's greatest fishermen to harvest this plentiful bounty. The docks and warehouses are being revitalized, and now it is time to begin the real adventure. Go build your fleet and become master of the high seas. Fleet is an exciting strategic card game with in-depth decisions and thrilling gameplay that new and experienced gamers can enjoy. In Fleet, you'll acquire licenses, launch boats, and fish the great briny blue. The player who best manages his resources and acquires the most VP via fish, licenses, and boats will build the strongest fleet and lead his crew to victory. So this isn't like about sports fishing. This is about like commercial fishing. And it seems like to me. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Although, you know, any game that involves bureaucratic elements like licensing kind of has, I'm like, ooh, licensing. That sounds good. You're all over There's a bureaucracy round. Yep. But if that sophisticated doesn't, uh, sounding title doesn't interest Mm -hmm. you, maybe you prefer something with hexagonal tiles or penguins. Hey, that's my fish from 2003 gives you both. This got listed under fishing game. Hey, that's my fish, where penguins are trying to eat fish and avoid... I'll read you the title for the description. In Hey, That's My Fish, players want to catch as many fish as possible with their waddle of penguins. Each turn, a player moves one penguin in a straight line over hex-shaped ice tiles with a one, two, or three fish on them. The player then collects the hex from where the penguin started its movement from the table, thereby creating a gap where the penguins can't cross on future turns. When a penguin can't, can't move, it's removed from play with its owner claiming the tile on which it stands. The player who collects most fish wins. Now, the games listed in this category are diverse. There's dexterity games that are about the literal act of fishing with magnets and such. And then there's more complex games about the management of resources on a boat or about taking fish to market. Because this sport has these two elements, the physicality of fishing and resource management, it means you get a wide array of approaches to games in this category. It also means that I'm not even sure how many of these games should be tagged in this sport family. Well, you hit the nail on the head with that one. It's like, well, what's the definition of fishing as a sport? I like, mean, although I will say like with, hey, that's my fish. This this is a sport with the biggest consequence of all. You are killing penguins. It's true. You know, like you're you're like, no, my, my waddle of penguins must survive yeah. at the cost of your penguins. Your penguins are now seal meat. Yeah. It's kind of brutal hey, to play that with, uh, this isn't a kid's game, right? See that orca out there? 16 plus. It's coming for you. It's coming for you, Pingy. <laughs> Is that how you talk to your kids when you play this? Uh, I you know, I want to play this now so that I can. <laughs> I can tra- trash talk them when they when they pull the penguin off and I'm like, you know what just happened to you? Your penguin died. How's it going over there, tuxedo face? Yeah. You're toast. Oh. You're not coming back next winter. <laughs> 
because why are the fish on the ice i'm a little confused by that as well uh, yeah. are they, have these fish just, are they just given up oh yeah i yeah i don't know man like, it seems like it, it. it makes sense if we we're under the ice that's a good swimming. point but these are these are penguins waddling along well, on top the, of the ice. Maybe it's just represented on the ice that the like the fish symbol is no, on the ice. No, I want maybe they're but under. But they don't they don't penguins don't under fish. The ice. They don't they don't they're not like drilling through the ice to no, fish. No, they got to be swimming. Maybe they jump off the little ice. I'm saying this is patch. a poor representation. <laughs> A fish, and I want—I don't want to just pick up a penguin that that has to be removed from the board. I want a miniature of a seal or an orca that can just swallow that penguin, and then it's permadeath. We that get, penguin can never be used again. We've got to go back to the drawing board and create our own uh, yes. penguin fishing game. It's going to be horrible. Just like so, we need to get like the uh, the the artists who did a game like Blood Rage, and we need to get them in here to do like the penguins and the the seals and stuff i think i think the 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 guy who did the uh, arctic scavengers has a good feel yeah, for that like the... bleakness and depression <laughs> and vastness so yeah we're thinking it's going to be about a four plus game uh yeah but uh we want it to be a little gritty it's called eat or die eat or die yeah this this is a weird one um like because you had you know, those two extremes like you yeah. had that first one is like you know commercial fishing and then you've got other weird fishing but i mean like fishing as a sport really is about you know how many fish you can catch or mm -hmm. the size or number or whatever. But as a category, it would be a lot less interesting, I think, if we took all the other stuff out. And we're suckers for resource management games. Like in it, in our house, the only fish game we have, we don't have, hey, that's my fish. Right. We have uh, Fresh Fish, which is not bad. Yeah. Uh, that's a Freedom and Freeze game. If you couldn't guess from the Fresh Fish. Fresh Fish. You basically build market stalls close to delivery trucks, and fish are one of the four, I think, four commodities. And uh, interesting, it's only listed in the city building category, which right. is probably appropriate because it has nothing to do with fishing. So in other words, I know there are loads of fascinating games listed under the sport fishing category. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how many that's, of them should even be there. That's rampant tagging without context. It is. Yeah. I, oh, there, you fish in this. Yeah. Therefore fishing, therefore sports. Exactly. I th This category would need a lot of cleanup, I think. And mm -hmm. I think it would definitely lose its ranking. Although... I wouldn't have found out about cool games like Fleet if I had uh, that's true. not been browsing around here. That's true. So there are some, I don't know, maybe there's another category, commercial fishing. I do like that uh, Fleet's basic premise is that we've destroyed the planet and it's too late. <laughs> Let's go fishing. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, because of what we've done to the planet, this ice is melting. And because this ice is melting, we can now go exploit this Arctic resource. Well, when we're running the air conditioners to get those uh, curling rinks nice and cold. <laughs> Yes, we're, we, you know, we're just gonna have to. A secret passage is gonna go open up to the north. That's not. You don't use air conditioning. Uh, uh, how do you? That. No, no you, you have you have an actual like ice machine that like keeps the floor cold. It's very different than than air conditioning. Um, I'm gonna you disagree you, with you. I think it's magic. It's magic. You're right. I, yeah, there's a. It's wizard. very important that you have to pebble the ice. Right. It's not just flat ice. It's actually pebbles. Ah. Of what they have a like a like almost a shower that they move back and forth with drops little drops of water That's which we, freezes to it that yeah doesn't... because the, otherwise you'd have too much friction and the 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 rocks wouldn't curl i think like basketball hockey you know football any of the any of the great sports that we play around the world today i'm glad that it is very uh, naturalistic in its right. setting it makes a lot of sense it is replicating some natural surrounding we have mm -hmm. like golf like golf exactly <laughs> yes it's so where yeah. we take the natural world and make it a more perfect oh, natural world making fun of sports i shouldn't do it uh, are you making fun of or are you just pointing out I'm, I'm pointing out a curiosity with sports yeah. more than anything it is a weird yeah. thing because you look at sports more like an anthropologist discovering some sort of new tribe <laughs> this is true yeah it's a very yeah. different no, no you're not invested in the sport no. as a it's uh, not condescending it's not like I'm not looking down at it I just no. I really don't get more it more like an alien 
Yes. Come down. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. That's the uh, pyramid. That's how you interact with humans. That's how people describe me often. Yes. He's kind of like an alien. I like that the oldest game listed in this category is the uh, Improved Game of Fish Pond. The Improved Game of Fish Pond. 1890. You would think if that's the oldest game, there should be Fish Pond yeah. <laughs> before that, but I don't know. Well, there, there might have been. This is the first one listed, and right. that, as I often find, it, it gets a bit patchy. I think these games tend to not exist. Mm-hmm. They're in Grandma's Attic. They'll be found in a few <laughs> hundred years. In this game, each fish has four different or has different values, and your objective is to catch as many as possible. The fish are cardboard, and the hooks are metal. And I'm going to presume they're not sharp, although it was mm-hmm. the 1890s. So, like, who knows? After a 14-hour day at the factory, maybe kids like to relax with a little dangerous game of cardboard fishing. Right. And it's interesting that the oldest game here nails the idea: catching the most fish. That said, this is a family of games that is worth browsing through because you're going to find some of those interesting resource yep. games, like we were talking about. I, yeah, I, I thought that was it. It was like, okay, they could have just ended there. 1890, we got yep. this. Yeah, yep. here's fishing. Oh, you're going to use magnets later? All right, well, that's a, a slight improvement on the hook, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Not You're not going for accuracy, clearly, but we'll deal with it. Yeah. Now, instead of ending this episode now as reasonable people would, let's take a giant gasp of air to begin the nonstop running required to cover our next and final sport for this episode. Are you ready, So, so you're just adding a, tacking one on the end here. It's going to be a small one. It's going to be the, the probably the smallest category. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm ready um, for it. All right. So, of course, it's no surprise that the sport with the most board game representation would be one of the most popular sports played around the world. We like, did curling oh, already. Oh, goodness. There, there's, an, there's another one. It's small. Uh, with over 750 titles, and there were several added since I began the series, probably dozens since this morning, board game football slash soccer is massive. Mm-hmm. At an overall rank of 960 in the BGG database, our first title is a pretty big one. Subiteo, 1947, we mentioned it before, and we'll look at it here in its original form. Uh, Here's the BGG description, which really nails why it's so popular. Subiteo is a classic finger-flicking football simulation action game. It is played on a large cloth playing field called a pitch, with teams of players that are represented by miniature men mounted on smooth, round bases. The men are made to kick the ball by flicking their bases, which causes the men to slide around on the pitch, hitting the ball. The rules simulate nearly all the details of a soccer game, including ball possession and and passing, throw-ins, goals, kicks, and corner kicks. There is even a large section in the rules devoted to fouling. Far more popular in European countries than in the United States, this game allows collectors to buy teams of men representing dozens of teams and countries from around the world, along with soccer stadium enhancements such as stands filled with cheering fans, referees that stand on the sidelines, even stadium lights. And that that sounds like a model railway, well, kind of. The, hold on, s- first scenario. off, I have a couple things to say on that. Mm-hmm. First off, my entire life, I've looked at it and thought it was Sabuto because oh. of because of I guess my love of cheese. I don't know, <laughs> or uh, because I can't pronounce anything ever. Uh, and secondly, this is a game that I've always wanted to own. Yeah. Yes. Much like the the electric football, which I finally got my hands on and and built my own. Yeah. At some point in my life, I'm going to have to own this. And I'm not even a big soccer fan. I'm not even a minor no, soccer fan. How can you not play this? It just looks so fun. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you just mod out your whole yeah. scenario. And how can kids not grasp this? Oh, like it, totally. I, it's one of those games where you it looks like you could scale the rules to the age of the child you're playing exactly. with. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a reason why it's had staying power, and it mm-hmm. yeah, it's done so well. That's uh, I know you're saying, okay, that's great. I think we can end it now. And yep. no, uh, or you're saying, hey, why don't you tell us about the oldest title in this one? Other than Bagatelle or Old Maid, the oldest soccer football game in this category, uh, there's two of them. They're tied for the year 1900. There's Picti, which is a set collection card game. Your aim is to collect at least five of one team. The player to score 500 points wins. And the most interesting part is there's a penalty card that costs you 25 points if it's in your hand. When Picti is called, no idea what that means. <laughs> I looked it up. I no idea. So I don't know, if you know, let me know. Oh, yeah. uh, then there's Flip Kick, which is a dexterity game. And whoever added it to the BGG wrote... 
The board is anything you can find to act as a board, maybe an old blanket. The wire supports fasten the goals and the blanket up to the table. Up to four can play. With your finger, you literally flick the ball, hopefully goalwards. There are no player figures, so I expect the game got quite frenetic, especially with four players. The most goals wins. <laughs> yep, that's about as simple as it yeah, is. Yeah, you can use a blanket. You can use a dirty sock if you need to. Whatever. My, my kids play the hockey version of that in our hallway exactly. almost every day. <laughs> totally. Just uh, as with all these sports games, there's always interesting quirks added. I suspect the reason this category has so many titles is because the number of countries' languages supported. Sure, there might be several hundred thousand finger-flicking dexterity games designed for football slash soccer, but when you break that down regionally, it's not that many. It's like three a country or something. <laughs> and uh, next week, we're going to do an episode on maths slash math for everybody out there. They'll enjoy that one. Yes. Yeah, it's... There, there's a billion of games, and I, they, they started blurring. But let's, let's go back to the recent years. Yeah, okay. um, although Subateo has the highest rank, there is a recent game that has had more votes, but it's ranked number two. It's still a great though. Street Soccer 2002, and it's a title from the Netherlands. And I'll describe the gameplay because this one's quite a bit different. Right. In this game, two street soccer teams play a 25-minute match. The soccer field is 10 spaces long and six wide, plus spaces outside the lines. The two players of this game, both are coaches of one team. Both coaches have five street soccer players, figures, including the goalie. A die determines the num- your number of spaces you move one of your figures. If you reach the ball, you shoot the ball by the unused number of pips on the die plus one and can make passes between players of your team. The die makes luck part of the game, but your choices like which players you move to which field and where to pass the ball are very important. For the following turns, you calculate chances for your opponent and yourself, and you try to have your players in good positions for later situations. Now, it's, it's worth noting that the designer Street Soccer re-implemented the game as Champions 2020 in 2011. Uh, while Street Soccer simulates soccer with five players on a side on the side of a small square, Champions 2020 simulates stadium soccer, so the field is bigger. As coach, you select 11 players as a starting lineup. Goalie, defenders, midfielders, forwards, while the rest of your team starts in the dugout for possible substitutes after warming up. And while I'm not a huge fan of roll-and-move games, I suspect the eight-year-old in our house would uh, like this as he is a soccer fanatic. Yeah. Uh, no, I, it seems like I like the idea of rolling the dice and then trying to figure out how to best use those movements. Yeah. Uh, and then also, um, it's got a nice balance where the defenders have an advantage because they're moving without having to worry about kicking the ball a lot of the time. Yeah. Whereas if you have possession of the ball or you're near the ball, you're worried about um, where to place the ball. When I first looked at the images of the board and stuff, and I was like, why is this the number two? And then when I read mm-hmm. the description, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I see. It has has a little bit of granularity to it. it. It feels like the street one is one you can homebrew really easily as well. It does. Yeah, it just needs some meeples and away yeah. you go. If you're looking for something lighter. Or even heavier. If you're looking for something slightly heavier, something less about finger-flicking simulation of the sport and more about high-level competition, then the World Cup game 2006 might be for you. The game accommodates 3 to 16 players and takes about 3 hours to play. It looks like an economic Euro game, but seems to play more like a party game. Uh, This ranks number 3 in the football slash soccer listings and looks like one of the more interesting titles out there. As well, there's heaps of expansions covering the World Cup, so it looks like a fun game you can break out even you know while you're in the midst of an intense World Cup fever. And it doesn't look like there's going to be a FIFA corruption scandal expansion, which is unfortunate. In fact, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any games covering this topic at all. I, for one, am excited for a Panama Papers board game with a FIFA expansion. And now that I've said it out loud, I will spend a sleepless night designing this in bed. I think this would pair well with a Snowden board game, which also needs to still be made. Hmm. Yeah. So put that in the brain box because, uh, yeah, we need some. There's know, a lot. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on there. Yes. I do like the idea of taking the Panama Papers and then reverse engineering a game about you trying to 
competing with another player to hoard the most amount of money away from prying eyes before the scandal erupts. Yes. And then, but then yeah, moving it out. Oh yeah. There's a lot you could do there. Yeah. There's a lot you could do there. Yeah. Maybe even become prime minister. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> no one will get taken down by this. And before we conclude this week's episode, we should give the answer to the question you all have. Tor 1995 re-implemented 2012. Also kick 1995. And uh, those are, of course, Reiner Knizia's contributions to football slash soccer games. Wait, he only has two? He only has I two. I would have picked a higher number than that. Yeah. That's crazy. The future thing you have to look forward to, though, is that uh, he does... Wait. I believe he has a horse racing game, so we'll Wait. talk about that in another one. And he did them both the same year. Yeah. That's another really weird... Yeah, I was I was thinking, are these different? Are these the same game? I don't think they are. Hmm. So he's just busy. Again, he a lot of sleepless nights. Yeah. <laughs> Now, if you want to mention any titles we undoubtedly overlooked or leave any comments, uh, click on the show notes and it'll take you to the episode page for this one over at BreakingDads.com. And you can also find me on Twitter at Epic Gumdrop. Until next time, I've been James. And I'm still Jeff.